0: You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Brampton, Ontario. For more information about our church, please visit harvestbrampton.ca. So God, we uh, declare that this morning. We recognize your goodness towards us, your love towards us, your kindness, your Mercy, your patience, God, you are so good. And God, even in the midst of uh, pain and suffering, Lord, even um, those brothers and sisters who are here right now who are going through uh, difficulties, Lord, I pray, God, that by your spirit and by your word and by the love of the community of faith around them right now, Lord, that, that each and every person, Lord, would know your a goodness would be able to say and believe and trust that, God, you are good, that you are good not just in a general sense, but that you are good to me, that you personally are being good uh, to me, even in the midst of adversity. So, Lord, we pray right now that as your word is open that you would speak to us and that your body would be built up, Lord God, and that those who don't know you would come to uh, know what it means to uh, to know uh, you as a good and faithful God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to be talking today about a friendship. A friends are for a sharing and working and fighting. Friends are for forgiving and forgetting and encouraging. Friends are for teaching and worshiping, rebuking, correcting, thanking, relating, confessing. Friends are for playing and joking, inspiring and learning. Friends are for challenging and sharpening and helping. Friends are for eating and talking and listening and laughing. Friends are for crying and knowing and loving. When we talk about friends, for some of us it brings back... uh, Positive, uh, warm uh, memories, or even uh, experiences in the present of just knowing that you are loved by a good friend, by a faithful friend. For others of us, uh, the whole idea of friendship is something that that causes you to remember a hurtful misunderstandings, or just even outright betrayal. And we need wisdom in our friendships. Uh, I don't know about you, but by the time uh, work responsibilities are done and family responsibilities are done, it's hard to find time and energy uh, in order to establish good friendships. But we're commanded in God's Word to, to pursue friendships. We're reminded that friendships are actually a good gift from a good God, and we need to be stewards of the friendship opportunities that God gives us. And so we're going to be seeking wisdom about friendship. Uh, today. And so we're going to be turning in the book of Proverbs. I want to invite you to open up your Bible uh, now. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, our ushers are going to be coming up and down the aisle right now. And so just slip up your hand or holler at them. We want to make sure everyone has a chance to follow along in God's Word. Here's what we're going to be challenged from from the book of Proverbs today. Is that when it comes to friendship, we need to put just as much energy into being a friend as we do into trying to find a friend. Too much emphasis, as, as we were thinking about friendship and all of the different things that, that friends are supposed to do uh, for us, too often we're thinking about, oh, well, my friends don't do that, or I'm looking for someone who could do that for me. And the book of Proverbs today is going to sort of turn the tables on us and say, and say well, what are you doing to be that kind of friend for others? a people. And so you're going to have to uh, be challenged from God's word today about choosing friendship, making the decision, not just to try to find a friend, as important as that is, but actually being a friend worth finding. And so we're uh, going to start today with this choice. We're going to look at four choices that you need to make in order to choose friendship. The first one is this, we must choose intentionality. We must choose intentionality. Intentionality. You can't just go through life just being friends with whoever or just being okay with having no friends. You, you, there needs to be a sense of intentionally going after, pursuing friends. Take a look at this proverb on the screen here. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You see, there's too much at stake to be uh, complacent in our friendships. There's too much on the line to, to sort of be casual or laissez-faire in your approach to who you're friends with. The consequences are high. You see, if you are if you are Befriending people who are wise, the more time you spend with them, the way that you, when you start to hear them talk, when you you start to hear them think through different problems, you start to actually think like them. You start to actually talk like them. You start to actually act like them. And that's a good thing. But if you choose foolish friends, you will start to act like them and talk like them. And then you will end up making the kinds of decisions that they make. That's why it says, the companion of fools will suffer harm. Notice that this isn't a parallel proverb. Uh, Some proverbs are parallel, where where the, the first line matches the second line exactly. But it doesn't say, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools becomes a fool. It says, a companion of fools will suffer harm. You see, because... You'll suffer harm because you will become a fool by spending time with fools, but you'll also suffer harm because your friends will harm you because they're fools. So, kids, this is why your parents are always on you about who your friends are. This is why they they don't let you go to certain parties or to certain events. This is why they're trying to steer you in certain directions because, listen, there's too much on the line here. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise, but listen, your your parents don't want you to suffer harm, and so they don't want you to have fools for uh, companions, and so we we must be intentional with our friendships. Now, you're, you're here today, you've come to church, you've got a Bible in your lap, you're listening to a sermon, you've been singing songs, can I assume that for most people here, you want to grow closer to Jesus Christ, that's why you're here, and so... Someone who walks with the wise becomes wise. Listen, someone who spends time with strong Christians becomes a strong Christian. And so maybe one of the reasons why you're not seeing growth in your spiritual life is because your friends are having a horrible influence on you and you're suffering harm as a result. And maybe you need to decide to pursue friendships with people who are strong Christians. You've got to be intentional in developing your uh, friendships. We're warned in God's word uh, Proverbs 181, take a look at. Oh, sorry, turn to Proverbs 18:1 in your Bible. It's not going to show you everything on the screen uh, today. You won't be completely off the hook, but Proverbs 18 uh, chapter one warns us about two dangers as it relates to friendships. The first one is having no friends. Proverbs 18:1 says, "Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So someone who refuses to have friends, someone who just kind of cocoons themselves, al- uh, alone all by themselves trying to protect themselves from ever being hurt. That person, or the person who's too proud and thinks that they don't need any friendships, that they can handle things all on their own, that person breaks out against all sound judgment. Sound judgment, good advice, wisdom says you need friends. So having no friends, that's a real danger. But the other danger is to have too many friends. Uh, Proverbs 18.24, just look down further in the chapter, chapter 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so that's what we've got to be going after. We've got to understand that there are some friends that will stick closer than a brother. Some of us think that, that we have good relationships just because we have a lot of relationships. But what we need to be going after is not quantity, but quality. Not superficiality, but substance. Not casual, but commitment. That's what we're aiming at. Being intentional in finding friends and being intentional in being a good friend. And so, how do we do it? Here's a couple of Proverbs that just remind us of how to be good friends. Proverbs 3.27, look at this on the screen. Do not withhold good From those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Be friendly with people. (laughs) It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Do good to others and other people will want to be your friends. People will start to pursue you as a friend. And then Proverbs 18.2. Look at this one on the screen. A, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. We talked about this verse last week when we were talking about speech. And part of being a good friend is not just always spitting out your opinion, but seeking to understand. Part of being intentional in your friendships is learning how to ask good questions. Learning how to understand where someone's coming from. Have you ever noticed that the most uninteresting people in the world are the ones who are constantly trying to convince you that they are interesting? The boringest conversations that you ever find yourself in are with people who only want to talk about themselves. When you walk away from a conversation with a smile on your face and a spring in your step, it's because you were talking to someone who asked you some questions, who showed a genuine interest in who you are as a person. And so those are the kind of friendships that we want to be establishing. That's the kind of person that we want to be. We've got to be intentional. I got to spend some time on this Friday with my absolute best friend in the world. And uh, I've been pretty intentional in trying to foster this friendship with him since a university. And, and he is so good at showing a genuine interest in me and my family and, our, our, and all, that's, all that's going on. And I always feel amazing whenever I walk away from a conversation with him. Here's, here's the thing about my friend is I unashamedly declare that he is my best friend by far. But I know for sure that I'm not his best friend. Because I know for sure that when, 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 when I'm spending time with him, I'm getting way more out of our time together than he gets out of spending time with me. Just really think about it for a second. If you weren't you, would you want you as your friend? Because that's really the question. Is I'm, I'm sure that my friend Alex has a dozen people who would call him their best friend in the whole world. That's just the kind of guy that he is. That's just kind of the friend that he is. That's the kind of friend that by the grace of God I want to be. Someone who shows a genuine interest, who's genuinely kind, who's intentional in developing and fostering the friendship. So he's in the back of my mind as I'm thinking about all of these proverbs and the wisdom from God's word about how to be a good friend. Asking lots of questions. Not just sharing your own opinion, but seeking to understand. And when you seek to understand, this leads to the second important part of friendship and its sensitivity. You must choose sensitivity I want to encourage you to turn to Proverbs chapter 25 Proverbs 25 is just filled it's a goldmine of relationship advice all kinds of relationships but a lot to do with friends and how we interact with one another look at Proverbs 25 and verse 16 it says if you have found honey eat only enough for you lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. That's, that, that's a pretty a graphic explanation of, of a proverb that we use uh, uh, in everyday language today. That it's possible to have too much of a good thing. It doesn't matter how much you love honey. If you, if you just keep eating honey over and over and over again. And keep filling your mouth and keep filling your stomach only with honey. Eventually you're going to become sick of it, aren't you? So it is a good thing. Honey's good. It's sweet. But you can have too much. Now, many Proverbs go in pairs. And the proverb in in 25, 16 is a pair with verse 17. Now look at verse 17. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Now, if you only read verse 17, you'd think, well, I better just stay away from my friend's house altogether. But remember, you're being compared with honey. You're sweet. It's good to be around you, and it's good, and and being together as friends, go visiting your friend at your house, talking on the phone, all of these things are good, but listen, too much of a good thing could be too much. And so we need to be considerate to other people. This proverb is saying, people need space. Don't wear out your welcome. Don't presume upon your friends. Don't take them for granted. Don't impose on people. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 20. Let's look at what this proverb has to say about this idea of sensitivity. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda. When you're a friend, when you're not simply spouting your own opinion, but seeking to understand, and when you're developing sensitivity, you're going to know the different moods, That your friends go in and out of. And you're going to know, is this a good time for me to sing them a song? Or is this a good time for me just to be quiet? You know, a lot of people um, criticize Job's friends. You read the book of Job and there's all these chapters of just sermonizing and accusing and bad theology. The best thing Job's friends did, they did when they first showed up. It says in Job 2.13... That they sat there in silence for seven days. And if if only, listen, if only they had just stayed doing that. They saw a broken man, broken on the inside, broken on the outside. And in that moment, for that first week, they were good friends. They just sat there with him. And then it all went downhill when they opened their mouths. We need to be so careful as friends, especially as Christian friends. Listen, we love the word of God, and we love being positive, and we love trusting in the Lord, but sometimes we just need to be there for the person. And sometimes Romans 8, 28, God will work it all together for good. Sometimes that's not, listen, that verse is always true, but it's not always helpful to share in every single situation and circumstance. And so we need to be sensitive to where our people, where our friends are at. Look, at. look at the vivid description here. One who takes off a garment on a cold day. Aren't you thankful for those people working out in the parking lot today to make sure that we can find places to park? And now imagine if you and your family rewarded that person by charging them, tackling them, and taking off their winter coat today. That's what it's like to sing a song to someone with a heavy heart. Or this soda in vinegar. That's like dropping the Mentos in the Diet Coke and watching it erupt. It's, it's not making a situation better, it's making it worse. Now as I said, this chapter is filled with relationship advice. Uh, verse 21 and 22 is about enemies. It says, if your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will will reward you. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We're supposed to be, we're talking about friends and being intentional with one or two certain people that you really want to pursue in friendship. But we're supposed to be friendly with everyone, even our enemies. This is quoted later in Romans chapter 12, speaking about how Christians should respond when they're being persecuted for their faith. God will reward those who are friends even to their enemies. And sometimes the reward is, and this is often miraculous and so amazing, is when, when you're friendly to your enemies, one of the ways that God... And you're not going to that is actually turning that enemy and making them into your friend. And you're not going to... That's never going to happen if you treat them like an enemy. But it can happen. And you're allowing God to do what only he can do if you do your part in being friendly and kind to your enemies. So we need to be a sensitive... look at. Look at the next chapter, chapter 26, verse 18 and 19. We're looking at how do I be a good friend? Not just find a good friend, but how do I become one? Proverbs 26, 18 is about humor. his neighbor. That man who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking with your sense of humor. Part of being sensitive is being sensitive with your sense of humor. And friends love to joke around. Friends love to give each other a hard time. Friends love to be sarcastic with each other. And listen, that's all fine and good. And that has a place. Just make sure that when the laughing is happening, it's always with and not at. That if you're in a relationship where there's lots of joking, it never hurts to have a follow-up phone call. Just say, hey, I just want to make sure we're cool. We're really going at each other. And I just want you to know, I didn't, I didn't mean, I was joking, I didn't mean anything. Are we cool? And, and, and to, to make sure that you need to be always circling back with people. Another thing we need to be sensitive about is sensitive information. Proverbs 26 verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. We talked about this last week with gossip. In order to be a good friend, you need to be sensitive with information. Not repeating things that your friends told you in confidence. And then also not listening to things that other people are trying to say about others. That's all part of being a good friend. One more thing about sensitivity. Turn to Proverbs 27.14. Proverbs 27.14. And as you're turning there, I just want to remind you that we have a Saturday night service. And uh, I just want you to imagine that last night, uh, rather than coming to church this morning, you went to church last night. And so you're still sleeping in right now. So just picture that. You're in your cozy, warm bed. And there's a, a glimmer of daylight that's sort of uh, slivering through your blinds. And you're, you're just kind of doing that yawn stretch as you get up out of bed. And you hear footsteps on the on the on the stairs, and the jiggling of kind of dishes on a tray. You smell pancakes, you smell bacon, you smell all of these things. And then the door slowly creaks, and then one of your friends says, Good morning, I love you, it's going to be a great day. (laughs) Proverbs 27, 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted a cursing <laughs> people need space people need coffee we just you just got to know you got to know the right time you got to know the right time on on when to share things with People. Again, it's part of understanding and putting yourself in the other person's shoes, showing a genuine interest in how they're doing and how they're feeling. Here's the third choice we need to choose if we're going to choose to be good friends, is, is to choose loyalty, to choose loyalty. Proverbs 17:17 17, 17 says, "A friend loves at all times. A friend loves. At all times, and a brother is born for adversity. All times means hard times, means good times. All times means times when it's convenient and times when it's not convenient. All times means when you're going through a difficult situation, whether it's something that happened to you or whether it's something that you brought on yourself. I mentioned this best friend of mine and he stood by me and with me and helped me through some very hard times. He stood by me in hard times when it was my fault. That is friendship. And There's people in this, in this room, in this church who walked with me through heart that I brought on myself. It's one thing to help your friend because something happened to them. They got sick or had an accident or, or got fired or laid off. It's a whole other category of friendship to walk with them. What friend loves at all times. But a, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. To stand beside you when you fall flat on your face. What we need is foul weather friendship not fair weather friends who are just there when it's sunny but foul weather friends who will endure whatever it takes even when it's inconvenient even when it's costly so we're we're going after that kind of loyalty i want to show you a proverb that that will that will instruct us about something damaged look at Uh, Proverbs 23, 6, and 7 on the screen here. Proverbs 23, 6, and 7. Do not eat the bread of a man who is stingy. Do not desire his delicacies. For he is like one inwardly calculating. Eat, drink, he says. But his heart is not with you. When you bought coffee... I got a tall pike. Now I'm buying coffee and you just ordered a venti quad caramel macchiato. For those of you who don't speak Starbucks, let me translate it into Tim Hortons. I got an extra small hot chocolate when you paid. Now I'm paying. You got an extra large triple, triple, and two dozen donuts. Con- Listen, an overcommitment to fairness will ruin a friendship. Well, I bought last time. You should buy. You had three slices of pizza. I had. I only had two and a half. And you said you wanted pepperoni, but then you ate some of mine. And so, how are we going to? Do- if it's gonna be like that, just always, always pay for yourself and have your friend pay for themselves. If you if if you can't help your friend move by thinking, man, I've lived in the same apartment for the last three years, and you move every six months, when am I? When are you gonna help me? I want to move just so that I can make you help me. That sort of thing, yeah, it just causes loyalty to erode because you're always th- you're. It's always a transaction. Friendship is not about transaction. It's about transformation. It's about being loyal to the person. What you need help, I want to help you become all that God wants you to become. I want to cause you to grow and develop into the person that God is making you grow and develop. Whatever it costs. Whatever it takes. No strings attached. I'm scratching your back. I don't care if you scratch mine. That's the kind of commitment to loyalty that is being described here. The haunting thing, let's look at Proverbs 23, 6 and 7 again. Proverbs 23 back on the screen. That, second, that, that very last line, his heart is not with you. True friendship, that you're whatever's going on, whatever's happening, that the person's heart is there. That your heart is, is, is one with heart. That you're seeking after their well-being. Choose loyalty in your friendships. And then here's the last choice that we need to make. It's probably the hardest. We've got to choose vulnerability. Choose vulnerability. Anytime that you make a conscious decision to be intentional in a relationship, when you lay yourself out there, there's a risk of being rejected. There's a risk of really showing someone that you care and that you love them, and then having that person turn around and say, oh, I'm not that interested. But if you're gonna choose friendship, you have to choose vulnerability. I love this verse, Proverbs 27:6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend will be willing to wound their friend if they know it will ultimately help them. We talked a lot last week about words and how dangerous words can be. And somehow, sometimes words can be sword thrusts and they can really hurt. And you need, you need to stay away from people like that who are going to hurt you with, with, your, with their words. But there's another kind of words that also hurt Sometimes people hurt you with their words because they want to hurt you. And that needs to stop. But sometimes people hurt you with your words because they want to help you. And wisdom is knowing the difference between the two. Because both hurt. But one, you know their, their heart is with you. And they are loyal to you. And they are sensitive to you, and they're they're risking, they're being vulnerable. They are laying, the, they're willing to lay the relationship on the line for your good, in order to say the hard thing, something that you need to grow in or develop in. Listen, some of the most life-transforming, life-giving, path-altering moments in my life came from friends speaking words to me that hurt more than anything in my life. But I'm so glad they did because faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. They'll they'll kiss you all, all they want. They'll kiss you all day long as long as they can reach around and stab you in the back. Jesus was betrayed by a kiss. But a friend is willing to wound it's like when you go to the doctor and you're sick and he says, well, I'm, I'm just going to give you an injection to make you feel better. So you, you roll your sleeve up. And, and even the, the doctor says, you know, this, this, this might prick a bit or whatever they say to sort of put your mind at ease or, or to warn you. You don't do this at the doctor. You don't, you don't wait for the needle and then when it goes in, you don't go. <laughs> what did you do to me? What kind of a doctor are you? No, you don't do that. Why? Because doctors don't like giving needles. He or she is trying to, trying to help you. And, and you understand that. You're willing to endure the pain because you know this person is doing this to try to help. In the same way, we need to with But some of our friends, listen, sometimes our friends mess up. Sometimes we mess up. We just hurt because we want to hurt. But sometimes we hurt because we want to help. And so that's absolutely crucial in a friendship. I love this quote from Gordon MacDonald. He says, there is a certain niceness to a friendship where I can be, as they say, myself. But what I really need are relationships in which I will be encouraged to become better than myself. And sometimes that encouragement hurts. And we just need to understand that. Proverbs 27, uh, 9, um, three verses down, says, Proverbs was written to get your hands on oil and perfume, but when you have it, you're so thankful for it. And sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. To have a friend who is willing to really tell you the truth, to really tell you, even if it hurts, to earnestly give you advice, that is so sweet and so Rare. If you're committed to becoming a better person and having your friends becoming better people, you are going to have to learn the art of loving confrontation. And there's no easy way to do this. I have some friends who do it so skillfully and so well. And I, I, I'm trying to grow in this, in this area. Listen, it's super hard to receive for some of us that loving correction. It's super hard for some of us to give it because we're so afraid of being rejected or having someone lash out at us. But we must practice it in our lives friendships. And listen, we're going to mess up. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to hurt on purpose or we're going to try to help and hurt, but the person gets hurt and then so they try to hurt back. And listen, friendships are messy. That's why Proverbs 17:9 is so important. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Covering an offense. That's talking about forgiveness. There is no hope for ongoing friendship without forgiveness. The ability to be able to cover an offense. And then it says, but whoever repeats a matter separates friends. Repeating a matter could be, you know, go telling someone else what your friend did to you. That, that could be repeating a matter. Or repeating a matter could simply be reminding your friend about how they've hurt you several times. Continually bringing it up. It's forgiving. It's not repeating it, not bringing it up. That's such a key to, to friendship. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. It's not a matter of if you might hurt your friend or if your friend might hurt you. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You've got to be ready for it. And you've got you've, you've to be prepared to forgive one. Another, You have to become really good at granting forgiveness. You have to become really good at asking for forgiveness. Proverbs 20 verse 6 really lays it on the line of what we're being called to. This whole idea of intentionality and sensitivity and loyalty and vulnerability. This is a high bar that's being set by the book of Proverbs for what friendship is. Proverbs 26 says, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love. There are many people who are wanting to be friends and say that they're friends, but then it says, A faithful man who can find. You might be looking for that faithful friend. You know what, if I can be totally honest, you're never going to find them. You might think, well... I'm just going to try to be that good faithful friend. I just want to be brutally honest. You're never going to be that person. There is, there is no answer, strictly humanly speaking, to that, to that question. A faithful man or a faithful woman, a faithful friend, who can find. You see, if you're, if you're going to choose intentionality and sensitivity and loyalty and choose vulnerability... None of that will matter unless you choose Jesus. Because Jesus is the greatest friend. Jesus even though we love Jesus and our lives have been transformed by Jesus the one of the and we sin against ships down is because of sin. And we sin against our friends and then our sin gets in the way when we try to forgive our friends when they sin against us. And it becomes a big mess. But the mess can only be cleaned up if we prioritize our relationship with Jesus. Because this is how Jesus described himself. He was talking about how people were gossiping about him behind his back. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 19. He says, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus is the friend of sinners. And because of that, he's our friend. And because of that, we can be friends with other people who have sin in their lives. And we can show patience and grace and forgiveness because Jesus has shown patience and grace and forgiveness to us. You want to talk about intentionality? I think Jesus was pretty intentional in leaving his throne and coming here to dwell among us. Amen? You want to talk about sensitivity? He's not like a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is tempted in every way and yet without sin. You want to, you want to talk about loyalty? Faithful are the words of a friend. I think God knows how to say the hard thing to us when we need to hear it, don't you? But he can say it in such a loving, kind way. You want to talk about vulnerability? How about Jesus being stripped naked and suffering and dying on a cross for us while people hurled insults at him? Why? Because there was a breakdown in our relationship. And talk about a costly decision in order to maintain the relationship. Jesus suffered and died. He gave his life in order that we might be saved. And so if you're here today... And you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, you can start that today. Uh, you can start that really by doing these four principles of friendship that are laid out in your, uh, in your sermon handout that we've just gone. You've got to be intentional. You're not going to start a relationship with Jesus by accident. You need to make a decision. I'm going to choose a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be sensitive. I'm going to learn what pleases him and what doesn't please. I'm going to get into his word and I'm going to learn about his law. I'm going to learn about his spirit. I'm going to learn about what he has commanded me to do. And I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to commit to follow him my entire life and I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to confess my sin. I'm going to admit that I'm a sinner. I'm going to admit that I can't live this life on my own and that I need him. I'm going to admit that I've made a mess that only he can clean up. And that sin has me tied in a knot that only he can untie through his work on the cross. You can make that decision today. Jesus said in John, uh, 13, was John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, lover of my soul. Friends may fail me, foes assail me. He, my Savior, makes me whole. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Let's pray. God, we stand in awe this morning at the incredible friendship that is offered to us. That your son, being fully God and fully man, would offer us friendship, would offer us relationship, and would bear the penalty of our sin. So God, we thank you and praise you, Lord. I pray if there's anyone now who, is, who has not started a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself right now, that they would confess their sin, that they would declare that they believe in you and they want to follow you. And God, I, I pray that you would be with us now as we turn our attention to your table, as we take these symbols in our hands, these perfect examples of the greatest expression of friendship ever. God, I pray that you would draw us closer to you in our relationship. So God, thank you that you are good. Thank you that you love us. And we pray that you would meet with us, that we would truly commune with you in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel in Brampton, Ontario. For more information about our church or to contact us, please visit harvestbrampton.ca.